Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by the limber lumbar supported uh, Mozzie. <laughs> oh man, I got a new chair, and I'm so happy. I've already talked about it, but it's just, <laughs> it's just it's, it makes me so happy just having a new chair that has a nice back support, and it's I can adjust it so I can adjust the back support, and it doesn't squeak, which is the main thing. Oh my god. <laughs> I think oh, our next like crazy. month of intros will be about your chair, probably. Yeah, probably. and then it's, and then it's from a big there, step. yeah, I don't know what we'll do from there, but we'll start with the chair, and then I'll talk about your air, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. air, and whether these uh, player evaluations are fair. <laughs> uh, you can run the ball if you dare, hey, because <laughs> it's more efficient, as we said, to go through the air. <laughs> Air. Back to that Some one. of these guys are faster than a hair. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so uh today we're playing <laughs> we're playing the name game, which I guess kind of works because there's a couple technically rhymes in here. But right. uh what we're doing is taking players that have either the same name or very similar names and saying who we will take for the twenty twenty one season. Um we're kind of shifting away from at least for this, from Dynasty towards the 2021 season since we're kind of close enough now for it and um we are gonna take a look at i've got 20 a uh, list of 20 here uh kind of name competitions and we're gonna kind of presume like half ppr for this um probably like typical roster setup of like one quarterback two running backs three receivers tight end flex i guess just to keep things uh even sometimes sure. people have one less receiver or one more flex you know of course there's always super flex in that you know, fuck everything up for the quarterback's favor. But we'll uh, go ahead and get started out here. We've got, uh, starting off, uh, Allen. We've got Keenan Allen and Allen Robinson. And mm. I put in parentheses maybe versus Josh Allen, but we'll, we'll keep it for Keenan Allen and Allen Robinson for now. Mm. So uh, who are you taking uh, for 2021 between Keenan Allen and Allen Robinson? Ooh-wee, if I have both options there... And it's my turn to draft, right? Half PPR, uh-huh. three wide receivers. I, man. This I mean, was Herbert. probably the best one, too, because, like, they're really close in ADP. I'm like, I'm going to start off with, with a with a slam slam jam, slam dunk, grand slam. I know. I just, Keenan Allen just gets so hyper-targeted by Herbert. Mm-hmm. At least he did last year. Um, Allen Robinson on the flip side, for me, that's a... Uh, how quickly do I get to see Justin Fields yep. <laughs> in, in the mix there? And I, you know, it's, I feel like Allen Robinson could be a more beneficial ad in the sense that he might not come on strong at the start of the year, maybe towards the middle of the year when you're starting to really try to push for the playoffs, he takes off. But I think I'd rather have the consistency there of Keenan Allen for the moment. I think mm-hmm. I would take him, but that's really tough. That's a That's a tough one. I think you have a lot of really fun things you could do with Allen Robinson. Yeah, these guys are both going kind of first half of the third round 
in that same range and yeah it's it's more or less a toss-up it's kind of the uh they're kind of on like a tier they're kind of connecting a couple tiers in my opinion on the receiver front i think i'd lean keenan allen just like pri- own like literally because of the quarterback play like <laughs> right if if they were swapped i would obviously like if, if the quarterbacks were swapped or if i knew we'd get justin fields or if i knew like the bears were competent i would feel a lot better about Allen robinson and i still like him of course like it's a close one but i think i'm taking keenan allen here um closely just because of you know that like that safety of a competent offense right but yeah, they both yeah. should get a ton of targets like who's gonna take targets from Allen robinson in chicago like there's like there's very little competition and, and I that mean, was part of my dilemma i'm like he's the only guy there that's like mm-hmm. really the only established guy at the moment and you have a couple names that could really flash this year you know like mooney and whatnot but in terms of established wide receivers, it's Allen Robinson, none. <laughs> and, that, and that's it. Yeah, I guess you could maybe count on like maybe Cole Komet taking a few more this year, get on the field more, but and then like, like maybe Tariq Cohen. Gets yeah, but... Tariq Cohen coming back is like the main kind of thing, and with Keenan Allen, like Hunter Henry's gone, so that's some targets out. You know, if Mike if Mike Williams stays healthy, and then of course Eckler still there to take all his targets, but they're both going to get a huge chunk of targets. So yeah hard to go wrong but i think keenan allen gets a little bit of the edge there and especially in ppr he would definitely take the lead but mm-hmm. and then uh <laughs> josh i was I, I put in josh allen here just because i'm like we have another name here um he is going in uh in one quarterback leagues he's going around the looks like the start of the fifth so not really in mm-hmm. that same not really in that same area but i think it's it super flex he jumps the both for sure yeah, I would say so. Um, if you're in that two quarterback super flex kind of thing, yeah. But moving on, we've got uh, Marquise Brown and Antonio Brown. Gross. Um, this this one this one was tough though. Like like in Dynasty, there's like kind of an obvious answer, I I think. Like with Marquise, just because how young he is, and you know he's still time to go somewhere else, and the develop and everything. Whereas Antonio Brown's kind of the end of his kind of career arc. But for 2021, it's pretty close, I think. And I've kind of had a tough time deciding where, where are you at with these two well i won't draft antonio brown uh, <laughs> so i kind of have to take marquise brown but i'm not happy about either <laughs> <laughs> yeah this one's tough um it seems like the ravens are kind of committed to passing more based on hires on signings and draft picks like getting in rashad bateman getting a sammy Watkins. it seems like they want to be able to actually like pass more if they need to where they've not been able to really in the past. And I know, like, we've talked about Greg Roman offenses being very unsupportive of wide receiver fantasy production. And that's, like, the offense is probably what keeps me away from Marquise a lot. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Antonio Brown, again, like, I don't want to pick him just for personal reasons. But mm-hmm. if I'm talking fantasy production, I think he's got the higher ceiling by a large margin, honestly. Yeah, no, I think if, you know... It, the question is just, you know, between the two, who has better fantasy uh, value? The answer is Antonio Brown for me, like by a landslide. But I morally will never draft Antonio Brown. Exactly. There's a few Ever. guys kind of <laughs> on that on that list for me, yeah. where I just don't want to root for them. And AB's one of them, Mister Big Chest. Uh, yeah, he really shouldn't even be in the league, to be honest. It's kind of uh, pathetic that he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's <my> it, shot there. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean the NFL kind of doesn't really like to take you know much action on that front if it, you're it, a shithead it's okay if you're good 
Exactly. That's really what the NFL's taught me is that yeah. if I'm a sh- if I'm a shithead, it's okay as long as I'm good at what I do. If you're bad, it, then you know how dare you. But yeah. If you're a good player, it's like ah. Oh, speaking of, I uh, I was over at someone's place watching the fights on Saturday, and I got I I got to see Greg Hardy just get his shit rocked like right away, and that was very nice to watch. I enjoyed, oh yeah, he I enjoyed destroyed. seeing him get KO'd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy the guy who knocked him out proceeds to like do some shoeies which i guess is you know when you when you pour the beer in the shoe and then chug the beer from the shoe i have a lot of problems with that and they're all related to the disgustingness of that (laughs) so he did what he did one from his own shoe Uh which i think is reasonable which is still not ideal but i think it's much more reasonable to to chug a beer out of your own shoe but when he started chugging beers from other people's shoes that's vile that's actually vile (laughs) That's so oh gross. Goodness. He's like he seems like a very cool dude, but like <laughs> I would never ever chug a beer from someone else's shoe unless I'm already like blacked out or browned out to I guess keep this thematically named. But um at least like vodka or something would be enough to disinfect it as <laughs> you do it. Beer is yeah. like five to ten percent. That's not enough, man. It's, it's not just enough. Like, it's just making like a soup out of it. Mmm. Rubber and foot soup. <laughs> but uh, before we get, before we go to our third name game, uh, I also want to talk about Malcolm Brown, who isn't really in a competition with these two in terms of like you know ADP or mm-hmm. like expected production, but Malcolm Brown is actually currently in best ball drafts my most rostered player, as weird as that sounds, because he's free. <laughs> he, you can get him in like the last round or second to last round, and this is like eighteen round best ball drafts, and. In my opinion, that's like a great bet because like who else is there? Like Miles Gaskins there. And like they brought in Malcolm Brown, they paid him and he was getting carries like with Cam Akers last year. He's looked solid. He's going to be their most effective goal line back. So Malcolm Brown in my opinion is one of the uh better like better uh like late round grabs because he's essentially free and couldn't end up leading this backfield i think there's like very enough of a shot to be like yeah i'll take him in the second to last round because i think it doesn't work out then yeah at minimum he should have a a 50 percent split where maybe gaskin is just the james white receiving back and uh brown is like the actual carrier of the ball yeah, or he'll between like the be three, the I would take Malcolm Brown. I would take neither of those guys and wait and take Malcolm Brown if I yeah. have the option, <laughs> because that sounds great. Yeah, he. I think I think he's definitely their most efficient goal line back, probably. Cause, well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, th- their O line was a problem with it, but like Miles Gaskin was not that guy at the goal line. What's no. that clip like? You're not that guy. Like, yeah, didn't he have like three straight up the middle carries and just got stuffed? Yeah. I remember there was Miles Gaskin Chalk Week in DFS, and yeah, just bop, bop, bop. And then I think Jordan Howard comes in, you know, doing his Jordan Howard shit. Oh, yeah. So The new vulture. Mm-hmm. And it said, if this Dolphins team is competitive like I expect them to be, like, they're not going to, like, dick around with, you know, who they put at running back. But speaking of running backs, uh, the next one, not the same name, but close. Dalvin versus Alvin. Who are you taking here? Ooh, I'm on Dalvin. See, I'm on Alvin. Personally. There we go. Um, the the target share is going to be there. Like, okay, I'm also expecting Jameis to be the quarterback. Yeah, same. I think we can both just assume that. Yeah. Like, I 
So there's Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And that's it. Yeah, like, the, the target share is going to be, like, huge. And I know it's, we're still talking half PPR, but I, like, there is, like, nowhere else for them to go in this offense. And, like, I don't think it's going to be, like, a bad offense. I just, like, we've seen Alvin Kamara do it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. We've seen Alvin Kamara do a lot, too. I just, I guess my personal preference is, like, the guy who, like, we know gets these receptions. And even, like I said, even though they're only half point each, his workload is, like, consistent no matter the game script where like there are occasions where Dalvin does get scripted out and like sometimes sometimes he will rack up he will get those heavy reception games but there are times where like you won't too like right so like I definitely agree that Alvin is going to get a ton of looks targets everything carries in this offense my overall worry is just that the offensive efficiency of the team has just gone down significantly um, no, that that's very fair, and like that's that's the thing for Dalvin Cook is like that team should be like better than last year, which only would benefit Dalvin Cook more. Right, and the Vikings, their offensive line has improved, um, and they're like Dalvin Cook's not getting you know written out of the offense in basically any game script unless they're just getting blown out of the water and they have to pass and even then i still expect him to get the ball a bit because he's just so good and mike Uh summer's a good coach so even though in the past i've been off dalvin just because of his injury things um i don't know i for some reason my head immediately went to dalvin cook here yeah it's hard to go wrong (laughs) <laughs> like you yeah, can't really go wrong. Great options. <laughs> and Dalvin Cook is going ahead of Kamara right now. Like the 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 consensus is is with you on this. Um. So like it, like you you have you have the crowd on your side on it. Like I don't know like if it's just like a gut thing or if I just I just love having that reception floor. Like no matter like even I said even if it's half PPR. I like having that reception floor of like. No matter how the game's going, Alvin Kamara is like gonna get you his points and. I think the hope is that the touchdowns are more... I know he had that huge six-touchdown game, but aside from that, like there was a lot of touchdown inconsistency, especially while Taysom Hill was in there. So I think if we have Jameis in there, we can kind of expect that to be a bit more reliable. Mm-hmm. But again, like hard to go wrong. And I think in, P, excuse me, in, in uh, PPR, would you, would you switch to Alvin or would you stay to Alvin? <sighs> in full PPR, I might switch to Alvin. Yeah, I, um, I I expect Alvin to get like a hundred catches this year. That's definitely not uh, out of the question. <laughs> <laughs> and like I I I don't know what Jameis's uh, like throwing to running back stats are, but he's never had Alvin Kamara, so <laughs> makes it a little different. But so instead of kind of parsing these like two obvious top four guys, we can kind of move on. Next up, we've got Chris Carson and Chris Godwin. Ooh, this one is tough, and. It probably depends on how your draft goes leading up to this. Um, yeah, they're pretty much going in the same spot early fourth, which is kind of crazy to think that Chris Godwin's going in the fourth after the hype he got last year. That's kind of nuts, yeah. Even Chris Carson is in the. He's being taken in the fourth. Yeah, he was a top fifteen pick. Last year, right? Top twelve, top ten. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I know in our league I had to take him at the end of the first because the keepers, but right. He he was going a little earlier, or about the same spot last year, 
and I think his situation has only improved. I would, yeah, agree. Um, the, the worry with him has just always been like health because he's gotten banged up a lot. Oh man, so this is <laughs> this is a tough one because of the running back position as a whole. <laughs> mm, exactly. And you have to ask yourself if you would rather have a bottom of the top potential top tier running back uh, versus a top tier wide receiver in a league where there are significantly more good wide receivers than there are good running backs. Mm-hmm. And if you have no keepers, there's probably a good chance you're better off taking Carson here. With that said, like Tampa Bay this year is projected to be really, really, really good. Um, just in my head, at least, and I'm sure everyone else's, because now it's the second year in a system, and like the Brady Godwin connection should be fucking clockwork mm-hmm. and yeah. so damn consistent. It's almost it's really hard to pass up on that potential consistent eight catch game from Godwin. Yeah, and he only played twelve games last year. Um, like, and I, I think that's kind of what's knocking him down is because like he was hurt for a little bit. I think I might. I think I'm just. It's too much that I would have to take Godwin. I would just. Yeah, like when I'm this torn, I'm like, I I think I lean Godwin just because I think he's better <laughs> like sometimes you just like well, yeah. i think he's the better player <laughs> yeah D- definitely i'm if i'm in the fourth and i don't have a running back yet like i am fucked so hopefully i can avoid taking carson in lieu of godwin here yeah uh, it this one kind of depends i think on how i know this is a cop out but how your draft has gone thus far because if you're at like that three four turn or like early in the fourth there like maybe you did go like receiver receiver to start out like if you started out your draft going like Diggs and hopkins then you'll probably have to take you know you'll probably have to take carson there like if he's the running back who's available because if you have one of the top four or five running backs plus chris carson and in your second you got one of the top wideouts i think you can afford to take carson here yeah, I, th- I think the only way, I think I think most of the time I'm going Godwin, and, and, unless I've gotten like no running backs up until this point, I'm probably going Godwin. Like if if I got, if I already have someone like I'm, I guess I guess I'll see what the limit would be for me to make the switch. Um, if I've already got, I'll say like Najee Harris or better, uh-huh. then I'll take Godwin. But if, if I'm not able to get someone, or I guess like Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Andre Harris are like up from there. But if, say, if I've got like DeAndre Swift or J.K. Dobbins, uh-huh. maybe I lean Carson just to get two kind of like RB2s, I guess. Yeah. But if I've gotten someone like Chubb, you know, I'm totally happy having him like carrying my running back group. Yeah. So I think officially between Carson and Godwin, I would take Godwin. Yeah. It sounds um, like we kind of talked ourselves that direction. Yeah. It, like, the situation of Seattle is very uncertain. There's a chance <laughs> they really stink this year, and there's a chance that, you know, they get back to form. I don't really know which it is at the moment. Um, and, like, the Bucks <laughs> are they will gonna be have good. a really balanced offense with running and passing? Like, is, I think that's what Pete Carroll wants to do. Can they execute that? I don't know. <laughs> I know what Tampa's doing this year, and it's scary, and I hate it. Yeah, they, <laughs> they should be passing a bunch. And, yeah, I like, like to get a piece of, like, that offense yeah but next up we've got two receivers we've got amari cooper and cooper cup Ooh. this one's easy for me and i think you know where i'm at 
Amari. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I might be a little biased, but while Dak was there, he was tearing it up. And yes. I know I know Cup now has uh Stafford, but I I cannot bring myself to take him over Cooper. And Cooper is going like ten slots ahead of him, so this isn't like a super close <clears> one. <throat> but I kinda wanted to give myself an opportunity to rave about how much of a value Amari Cooper is right now. He's going like you know, like end of the third ish, like middle late third. People and sleep like, on Dak so much. Dak's a good quarterback, at yeah. least. Well, the, <laughs> like C- CD's going ahead of Amari too, which I don't know if that's right or wrong. I think it should be about the same spot. But I think Cooper should be going a little bit ahead of Lamb. I guess maybe if you're full PPR, you, like it's even closer. But but like yeah, it's <laughs> it's tough because you look at who's going ahead of Cooper, and you're like, well, all these guys are pretty good. Like, so it's hard to envision it, but, like, it just shows you, like, you can get Amari Cooper, like, in the back half of the third. Yeah, man. I uh, I would definitely go Amari Cooper. I also don't know how much Stafford being there affects Cooper Cup's value. Yeah, I don't think to... it improved. I Like, I, he's been, he might have even gone down a bit. I really, like, trying to wrap my head around it, the guy that, like, I expect most to you know benefit from this would be robert woods yeah i know we, we've raved about like our expectations yeah. for woods but i like I, the offense will be better and i expect cooper cup to continue to get a lot of red zone looks as he always has and i think stafford will be able to find him in the red zone oh absolutely like his touchdown upside is pretty high but like the offense the cowboys will have and how good cooper was with Dak. like yeah give me cooper all day yeah, I feel like Cup has been a really nice uh, safety blanket for Goff the past few years. So, mm-hmm. like, he's <laughs> been a beneficiary of mediocre quarterback play. Whereas now, Which sounds weird, but he can be the beneficiary of good quarterback play. So, I don't know <laughs> how much he improves, like, his fantasy value will improve because he's been a top fantasy asset uh, the past couple of years. Uh, but Cooper, you know, getting a healthy Dak back. Back, back, snap back. <laughs> I'm like, I, I think I would go Amari. Yeah, for sure. And I'm looking at Cooper Cup. So he did uh, like miss some time last season with injury, but he only had three touchdowns on like a little under a thousand yards, which is like pretty out of character for him. Like in 2019, he had 10 touchdowns on mm. like 1160 yards and like six touch. Like he's always been like a high touchdown producer. That's been him. And then last year it was way the other way because the Rams weren't as good. He missed the time, just, you know, whatever type of luck happened. So like he could be kind of do not do for, but like I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him kind of bounce back touchdown wise this coming year too. That'd be cool. I would like to see that. I guess Me like too. Dallas has more mouths to feed, but at the same time, They'll be passing a ton, and they're going to always be in three receiver sets. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. There's not really a situation where I think Cooper, his it, all of his value gets distributed to the other guys. I think it's just he'll consistently do well, and then there will be other games where the other guys also do well. Mm-hmm. But next up, we've got the chases. We've got Ooh. Chase Claypool, Chase Edmonds, and Jamar Chase. Um, in Dynasty, I think there's an obvious answer, like an obvious ordering for these guys. But in Redraft, I think it gets a lot tougher uh, because of, you know, how the running back position is and, you know, what we expect from rookies and offenses and everything. So where, where are you between the three chases? Who are you chasing? Oh, this is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man, this one's actually really difficult. Um, 
because we're talking redraft. So this is just for 2021. Yeah. I I don't really want anything to do with the Steelers this year because I just don't know. I re- like uh, <laughs> they bled on the offensive line. Uh, ben is in his last year and probably last year probably should have been his last year. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can say that one more time last year. Uh, <laughs> Chase Edmonds worries me because every time he's been giving, given the starting position, like he has done really well and then gotten hurt like subsequently right after. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chase only worries me in the sense that I also really like T. Higgins. Uh-huh. And I think T. Higgins is very good. And I also really like Tyler Boyd, who's very good. <laughs> um, man, I think for this this one, I would take I would still take Jamar Chase, isn't? I, yeah, I don't know. same. I think like the ceiling seems pretty high. <laughs> like him. we know the Bengals' defense is still garbage, so we know they're yeah. going to be losing games, and their schedule is brutal. Um, <laughs> when I was looking through their schedule, I was I felt bad for Bengals <laughs> fans. Uh, so they're going to be losing a lot or at least down in a lot of games and their offense is going to have to churn. So I'm, I think I'm sticking with Jamar chase dynasty or re, or redraft league. Yeah. One of my takes this year has been that I think all three of those guys, uh, chase Higgins and Boyd will get to a thousand yards and they've now got 17 games to do it. Um, <laughs> True. Jamar chase is so good that I don't think we could necessarily apply the rookie rules to him. Um, <laughs> That and like he already knows Burrow. That's yeah. that's part of it too. They don't have to like get a new connection, and he's one of the best receiving prospects. I don't know if we can say since when, but since we've done draft coverage as a podcast, he's the best one. So I'll take him in an offense that we know is gonna throw a ton. Yeah, like Chase Edmonds is tough because like that backfield could. I know they've said he's gonna be the lead guy, but it could shake out a lot of ways, and. A lot of the rushing touchdowns end up going to Kyler. Then with Chase, they're same amount of like you know a lot of mouths to feed. There's still like three good receivers in each offense, but I feel a lot better about Burrow than Ben. And I also feel like the Bengals' Wait. defense is worse than the Steelers' defense by a large margin. <laughs> and then the Steelers' like O line sucks too. I don't know how that'll play in as well to their fantasy value. So yeah, I think I think Jamar Chase is the is my answer. Same. Yeah. Yep. Love me, love me so much for Jamar Chase this year. But next up, we've got Jonu Smith versus Irv Smith Jr. Ooh. This one was a tough one, and I I, want, I really wanted to throw some tight end ones in for you. Because yeah, I know, I know how you are about your tight ends. Gotta love those tight ends, baby. Oh, man. Um, I knew this would be tough for you. Jonu there in New England with assuming at the moment it's Cam. I think it'll start Cam. There is a video where he talked about how he's actually, like, fully healthy for the first time since like the 2016 season again i don't know how you know i'm not saying he's lying but you know players always hype themselves up they're not gonna he's not gonna be like oh i'm still hurt but every the patriots paid him again and he's in his element with a bunch of tight ends and a run heavy offense so i know i i mm. the thing is as long as it's cam i think my answer is joe new I I don't know how much Mac Jones would target him just in the same vein that I think Cam will. So I think Cam will really target him. Like he'll be 
apart there. And I know yeah. it's the Patriot way, like it's not up to Cam, but like you know. <laughs> I expect the Patriots to be in two tight end sets pretty much constantly. There's no, there's zero yes. reason for them to not have Jody and Hunter Henry out there like all the time because exactly. they're both they're both the best receivers on the team, and then yeah, like. Hunter Henry, I don't really necessarily want him run blocking, but Joni, I'm, I'm fine with having him like block and play in the run game. And so, have those two out there. Have you know Aguilar out there and or Jacoby Myers. Like they're both gonna be on the field a ton. With Irv Smith, the the fun part is that like Rudolph's gone, right? And, and there's their no line other receivers better. besides those top two. Yeah, <laughs> the line helps there too now with up, like some upgrades there. So he and, won't like, have to block as much. I don't know if they'd ask him too much anyway. But, um, <laughs> like, after Thielen and Jefferson, like there's Dalvin Cook to catch passes, but, like, Irv Smith should be, you know, up there in the pecking order. And, yeah, I'm, I'm a little torn because, like, I think the Vikings will have more pass volume. Like, I, I think I trust Kirk more to support fantasy production for a pass catcher than Cam. But, like, I don't want to say we've seen it more from Jonu, but I, we, we've, say, we've seen a lot more fantasy relevant games from Jonu than Irv so far. Is and this um is this Jonu's third year? I thought he was further than his third year. I thought it was, is it was his fourth, fourth or fifth. Could be. He came in in twenty seventeen, so this will be his fifth year. But he's only he's only twenty five right now. He'll be twenty six when the season starts. He came in super young. Yeah. He was born in ninety five. Like, damn, I'm older than Jonu. I'm like oh, half damn. year older than Jonu Smith. That's crazy. So yeah, he's he's still young. At least I like to think I'm young. So I think Jonu's <laughs> still young. <laughs> The thing is, I think both of these guys are very good options, and the reason why is actually identical. I think both will feature strong, you know, run presence in the offense, and I think uh, you're going to see a lot of the play action, sort of Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, run, and then you have Irv Smith, you know, opening up there to catch the route. Like, I think Jonu maybe has a higher upside. Um but this is the year for Irv Smith. I think if you like want to take a shot on him, this is the year to do it. I think you yeah. know what. Just for fun's sake, I'm gonna say I'll take Irv Smith because I want to. I want to back one. up my guy here, who I've. Yeah, I've I know you love to. Irv. Yeah, since he's been drafted, I've been waiting for this guy to break out, and this is the year I'm expecting it. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, oh, he's he's super good. Like that tight end class was pretty solid in general too. But man, this was tough for me. Cause like he'll he'll get a lot more playing time this year too than he has in the past couple of years. I I think I lean Irv, but it is close. This one's really close. I like I expect Irv to get more target. Like this one, if I'm taking a tight end that will be my main tight end, it's Irv. But if I'm taking my second tight end, it's Jonu. Interesting. I think that's reasonable. Like because Jonu, I think. I don't want to say undeniably, but I think he's got the higher upside slash, like, I, like, he's got some, like, there will be a couple of games where Jonu's get, got some, gets multiple touchdowns, or I'd be surprised if not. Right. And, like, I think his his ceiling's there. We've seen it, and I'm curious to see how Belichick, you know, features Jonu. But I think Irv's target volume will be more consistent. Yeah. And so I'd be much more comfortable relying on him on a weekly basis. But, if you know, if I've got, like, Say I don't know, say Kelsey, but if I've if I've got like Higby or something, I'm mm-hmm. I feel like I would, I'm like okay, I'll take Joan as my backup tight end to like really have some like fun upside because like if he also pops off, I could either I can you know trade one of them. Whereas like Irv, I think he's a great like you know late grab tight end one kind of thing. 
That's kind of a cop out, but yeah. <laughs> I think my my answer is Irv, I guess, if I'm picking. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I want to stick with Irv. I want to just, you know, put my money where my mouth is, as they say. <laughs> I think some some people say that. I actually have never heard anyone say that, but you know, they say people say that. <laughs> they say people say. Yeah, I've n- I've never tried to like eat my money, but you know. Yeah, no, it's really dirty. You don't know where yeah. it's been. Kind of like it, shoes. <laughs> right. <laughs> So next up, we've got uh, a four-person one here. We've got Ooh. Michael Pittman, Michael Gallup, uh, Mike Williams, but his, his real name is Michael, so Mike Williams here, and uh-huh. Michael Carter. Wow. So, okay. Lot, lot They're all being Mike's drafted here. around the same place, huh? Yeah, fair, fairly grouped up. Um, I'll, I'll try to grab their exact ADPs and stuff like that so I can give you a better uh, grab sale. Yeah, let's see. Pittman... I guess I should divide all these by twelve because I've got like the 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 pick number. <laughs> so like I'm like, oh okay, this guy's going in like you know pick you know eighty four. But I'm like I I gotta quick math this though. So, <laughs> but yeah, so we've got let's see Michael Pittman going at like pick ninety six. I think it is. Okay. And then we've got Michael Williams going. I think he's going a little higher. He's going pick eighty. And then Michael Carter I think is going a little lower. Did I put Michael Gallup in here too? Yeah, Michael Gallup's going at pick 74. So he and Mike Williams are very close. They're like a few picks apart, definitely in the same round. Uh, Michael Carter's pick 94, and then Michael Pittman's pick 96. So these guys are all going within um, about 20 picks of each other. Wow, okay. This is a great question. This is great. Um, Thank you, thank you. There's So for the record, I think we can all agree that all four of these guys can be very, very fantasy relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Carter, obviously a rookie, but has already been amazing um, in camp. Like, you know, amazing in camp means, like, you know, the coaches really like what he's putting out there, and we're, I'm expecting him to get the starting job as the running back for the Jets, which is cool. Michael Williams, they just lost Hunter Henry. Um, so they've got him and Keenan Allen, and then after that it's kind of a question mark, I guess, Eckler for receptions, but we've all seen how talented Mike Williams is and expect him to maybe jump up a little bit this year. Yeah, and the, co- the coaches definitely hyped him up a lot too. Oh, sure. Michael Gallup, of course, I think we've all seen that he's a really good wide receiver. He's just in a loaded offense that it doesn't often get the ball to him as much as maybe it should. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's also because... C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper are also amazing yeah. wide receivers, so it makes <laughs> and like sense. Zeke's there, yeah. And then Michael Pittman with a change of scenery at quarterback now with Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Um, yeah, I think if we want to split this up, too, to make it a little more fair ADP-wise, Michael Gallup and Mike Williams are both going like in the sixth round within a few picks, and then okay. Michael Carter and Michael Pittman are both going like end of seventh, early eighth within like a couple picks of each other so i guess we could kind of split this into you know into into two different two v2s but i I just want to list all the michaels here (laughs) well so i'm gonna go against my fandom here and my official answer is michael Pittman, and that's because this is like his year two and i strongly think that he will be a very very good fantasy asset this year Mike I have a lot of uh hype for Michael Pittman his uh I just get the sense that him and Wentz are going to connect really really well I, I like so. <laughs> that right and I like the team as a whole 
um, a lot. I like their coach. They have a good defense. Um, they have a good O-line, at least for the most part. They maybe need some a few tune-ups, but I think they didn't they just get someone? Uh, did they get the, uh, Villanueva? The Colts? Or? Yeah. They might have. I will, I will look that up as you keep going. <laughs> yeah, I think they did. Um, yeah, between Pittman and Carter, I would take Pittman. Between Pittman, uh, Gallup, and Williams, I would take Pittman. So I guess my answer is just Michael Pittman. I'm gotcha. super high on him this year. <laughs> the The Ravens got Villanueva, by the way. Okay. Who did Who did the Colts get? Did they, did they extend someone, or did they get, like, is it, like I Costanzo? thought they got a left they got Eric Fisher. That's it. Like they uh, got okay. a left tackle from another AFC team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, lo- I'm looking through who they've got on their on their squad right now. But yeah, Eric Fisher is a a nice option there, I guess, because they, they they they've had, they had some well, not actually they had a couple injuries last year, right? Yeah, the left All side of their line is very nice. <laughs> yeah, Ryan <laughs> Kelly quit Nelson er- and Eric Fisher there as that like. There's gonna be a lot of runs to the left for the Colts. Yep. <laughs> And if they put Jack Doyle over there to block is expected as well. But this one's, if I'm looking at Michael Gallup or Mike Williams, I think I take Michael Gallup because they're pretty close for me as is. But if Keenan Allen gets hurt, I don't know if I like expect a ton more from Mike Williams. But if one of Lamb or Cooper misses time, I expect a big chunk from Gallup. And I think that like with all else equal, I think that like that upside of, if if other guy goes down, is big jump an option? I think it's much more so for Gallup than Michael Williams, just because of like the roles on the teams and how they move everyone around so much on the Cowboys as well. Um, with Michael Carter and Michael Pittman, that one's tough because like you're you know you're at the end of the seventh, early eighth, kind of picking some bench guys at this point. I think I would lean Michael Carter just on the premise of like positionality, like. It's a, a very ambiguous starting running back in the seventh. Yeah, like, like my, if Michael Carter wins his backfield, you get the lead back in what's essentially a shanty system. Like, I, right? I with with the Jets, like I was looking at their staff, and I'm like, this is like if you like you know the Captain Crunch oops all berries. This is like oops all Niners. Like, <laughs> so oops. yeah, I think I take Michael Carter of those two, and then if I'm boiling it down, so if. At posi- like at draft spot too, like Michael Gallup, early six, Michael Carter, late seventh, early eighth. That makes it tougher if I'm factoring in draft position there, because like straight up I would take Michael Gallup out of this group, but mm-hmm. if I'm saying at draft spot, that makes it a lot tougher. Uh, yeah, I know, and that's a good point that even I have to concede. Like at draft position, I might personally take Michael Carter. Like if Michael Carter's sitting there in the seventh, I'm taking him. You know, yeah, so. If we're looking around, like, so Michael Gallup, within a couple picks of him, so I'm, I'm looking at, like, the underdog ADP, which is still best ball, but I think the season long, I'm going to make it pretty closely, and we got to get some, like, real-time updates with how, you know, the draft world, or, like, like Twitter, you know, how football people are reacting to stuff. So DJ Chark and Debo Samuel are going right before Michael Gallup, and then, like, Tyler Boyd and Juju are going right after Michael Gallup, and I have a tough time taking him over Boyd and Juju. And then, like, looking at Mike Williams, he's sandwiched between, like, LaVishka and Fuller. So that's, you know, closer, Yeah. I guess. And then if I'm looking down towards Michael Carter, the running back right before him is, like, James Robinson. Then there's, like, a big drop-off to, like, Ronald Jones. And then if we're looking at Pittman, 
he is sandwiched between Waddle and Mecole. So, like, I think the guys around Pittman and Carter are a lot, not, like, worse, but, like, <laughs> they, they stand out more yeah. amongst the crowd, like, at ADP. Like, if, if you're telling me overall I'm taking Gallup, but I think, you know, at spot, I think I lean Michael Carter. I do like that. Yeah, I think at spot I would have to take Michael Carter. But, like, my projection for Michael Pittman is essentially I'm taking Zach Ertz and his production with Wentz in Philly and just shifting that over to the Colts with Michael Pittman. Like, I expect him to be an every week consistent PPR guy who maybe doesn't get all of the touchdowns and maybe um, isn't, like, the hugest yardage guy. I just think he is, like, he will be Carson Wentz's guy. Mm -hmm. And I think he'll be very consistent in a PPR format. Yeah, I, I I expect him to have a good year, and he's definitely kind of being... Like, all the Colts receivers are being kind of, like, forgotten. And, so, like, someone... I Like, I assume someone's going to be valuable from that team in the passing game. Yeah. I don't think it's just bereft of any production. But next up... Uh, so these guys are all very far apart in ADP, but I kind of wanted to just, like, talk about them individually. <laughs> so there's... Jamal Williams, Mike, the aforementioned Mike Williams, and Damian Williams. We kind of talked about Mike Williams and his hype in that offense, um, and that you know that every every like every month we're hearing like, oh, Michael Williams is going to play the X role, that Michael Thomas played this, this, that. But um, Jamal Williams and Damian Williams, I think, are interesting to bring up um, because if with Damian Williams, I think if David Montgomery goes down, Damian Williams would fill in where like. Like, I, I think they would give Tariq Cohen more work, but I think Damian Williams is the quote-unquote handcuff to David Montgomery. And then mm, Jamal Williams, right. if the under stuff misses time, like, Jamal Williams becomes super valuable. But I think he has standalone value on his own without Swift, like, even if Swift is there. Because they've been very adamant about how much they want to run. Like, yes. they pretty much have said they're going to use two backs. And looking at where... Jamal Williams is going on lost because it's pretty far down the list here. <laughs> but like he he doesn't cause much. Like he's pretty low down here. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Man. Yeah, he's so far down here. I, I could control left this, I guess, to find him. <laughs> uh, that would make sense. Um he's going like end of eleven, start of twelve. So like once you get past the tenth, they're not like free, but it's it's risk free <laughs> once you get past the tenth round, more or less. Yeah. Um so you know. At that 11-12 turn, you can get Jamal Williams, who has some standalone value in a pinch or could be hugely valuable if thrust into the starting role. And then Damian Williams, he's somewhere way down this list. He's like end-of-draft guy. <laughs> who, as much as I've griped on Damian Williams, he is a handcuff at this point and one that's being overlooked. And like once you get to like handcuffs, like... Where, like, their ADP, it doesn't really, like, at least for me, matter. Because, like, there's some obvious guys, but, like, it's not like a handcuff going in the ninth has any more of a chance to, like, get the role than a handcuff going at the end of the draft. It's just a matter of, like, what happens in front of him. True. Oh, man. Uh, well, I think, yeah, I, obviously, I guess... we would take Mike Williams just because... Oh, yeah, for sure. Like ...of talent. But uh, at draft position, like... You know, I I guess I'll throw my uh, hat there to Jamal Williams because I really like 
his potential there with uh, the Lions this year. Because I think you and I have both said enough times, like, the Lions should be running a bunch this year using that run game because that's where their playmakers are. Like, most of their talent offensively is in that backfield. Yeah, he's... Like, yeah, Jamal Williams is someone I found myself grabbing a lot, like, in these best ball drafts later. I feel like I don't have a ton of running backs. And then, yeah, like you said, with the Lions, they're going to run the ball a bunch. Like, it's not going to be, like, Ravens-esque, but it's going to be those things where, like, even the running back two is getting, you know, maybe 10 touches a game. And that has, like, a chance to be valuable, like, especially, like, in a bye week or, like I said, the upside's there. So Jamal Williams, I think, is my favorite at draft spot. Yeah, agreed. I I don't really want anything to do with Damian Williams. I <laughs> it's it's just uh how is he 32 now? <laughs> and I don't know how old he is. Actually, he's only 29. That's somewhat yeah, shocking. Yeah, he, he did sit out last year too as we mentioned uh right. cuz yeah. His I think, I think his mom, his mom was going through cancer treatment mm-hmm. or has cancer. So very <laughs> very, you know, good reason to sit out uh, in a covid <laughs> season. I uh, hope his mom's doing well. But uh, next up, we've got Gabriel Davis versus Corey Davis. Ooh. And I thought this was one of the tougher ones, too. Kind of, again, later in the draft. But this was one where I found myself, at least initially, or even now before we talk about it, like pretty unsure on where I'd go here. Yeah, I think, huh. Man, this one's really tough. Um... It is. <laughs> They're going pretty close together. So Gabriel Davis is at pick 125. Corey Davis is pick 110. But they're both kind of like ninth, 10th round. So getting a little later in the draft, but these are both guys who, you know, could get, will, will be some wide receiver depth. So I would take Gabriel Davis. And it's not really like the Corey Davis with the Jets. That's just a total unknown. They've got like four or five wide receivers and I don't really know how it's going to pan out. The only guy I really know I like is Elijah Moore. <laughs> um so Gabriel Davis, so they lost the Bills, they lost John Brown. <laughs> so they still have Stefan Diggs and they still kind of have Cole Beasley, uh <laughs> whatever the hell's going on with him. But that's a weird situation that I don't like. And they did add Emmanuel Sanders, right? And they added Emmanuel Sanders, but Emmanuel Sanders old. <laughs> <laughs> True. And I like Emmanuel Sanders, but he old. And <laughs> I really, like, the Bills also did absolutely nothing to help their run game. Like, they nope. basically yeah, they are the same team <laughs> from last year. So I'm still expecting them to be a super pass-heavy offense. The upside of Gabriel Davis strongly intrigues me, and Corey Davis to me is just a complete unknown. He could be very good. He could be very reliable. He he could also just not be a factor some weeks. I really have no idea. But I yeah. do know that I trust the Bills' offense a lot more than the Jets at the moment. Yeah, uh, I, Gabriel Davis is my pick too. Okay. Yeah, I... I it said it was close, and like my gut said Gabriel Davis, and kind of hearing you agree with me and give your reasons. And I think Gabriel Davis has much more of a potential to like really swing your team. And the more, so it's kind of funny, like how my, how not just best ball, but playing daily fantasy has changed some of my fantasy perspectives. And this, this might be something we write like a blog about on our new site, by the way. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Like talking like about how how much upside matters and how you should maybe approach your season long leagues a lot more like best ball and DFS and like attack upside because like getting you know 
six catches for 60 yards a week from Corey Davis and, you know, the touchdown every so often. And in my opinion, it's a lot less impactful than Gabriel Davis, who may be inconsistent, but his chance for that 120 and a touchdown is way higher than Corey Davis at any kind of given point. Yep. So, and it could, like, it, it might be on two catches too, but, you know, three catches for him, but. Yeah, and I mean, Corey Davis might mesh really well with that offense. Um, yeah, I'm not saying Jets. like he's a bad pick, but yeah, no, just I just pre- the preference. upside of date of Gabriel Davis is just very, very intriguing to me. Yeah, and what he showed last year to like as, as a, a rookie, rookie, yeah, like he sort of came out of nowhere, like 600 yards and seven touchdowns as a fourth round rookie, like. That's really fucking impressive, so I'm pretty we, excited for him, honestly. We, we did talk about him. We did bring him up with the mm-hmm. uh, rookie wide receivers as a sneaky play. But with John Brown gone, too, um, he, I mean, to me, he plays more as a John Brown type. Yeah, you know? and, like, that and Colby's, like, could be gone. <laughs> but the, whether he decides himself, he's, you know, going to retire because of the right. or if they cut retire him for contract for reason his, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Gabriel Davis, he will soon be the number two in this offense. It's just a matter of how soon. So, but next up, we've got uh, some similar names here with Devonta Smith and Devontae Parker. Is it Devonta Smith or Devontae Smith? I always call him Devonta. I don't actually know. I don't want to misspeak on it. (laughs) But anyway, I think when we were watching the draft, they were all saying Devontae Smith. But, you know, they've been wrong before. Yeah, people say things wrong a lot. But Eagles receiver Devonta <laughs> Smith. Hmm. <laughs> Versus Parker. Ah, man, if only they still had Fitzmagic, I'd, this would be easy. I think I take Smith. It's it's. I think. Yeah, that's. This one's tough for me. So Devonta Smith's going end of the fifth round, and Devonte Parker is going oh he's going a lot later okay so Devonta Smith does run a lot sooner but like should he, <laughs> That's he might the be thing. he might be slightly over like they should be drafted around the same place we're talking about the Eagles here and this is a rookie wide receiver who was amazing in college sure but you know rookie wide receiver um that is on everyone's you know scope right now uh-huh. as people are drafting and whatnot and getting a lot of hype Whereas, you know, Devontae Parker, people are like, oh, is two of the guy or not? Like, you know, all that conversation, there's probably a lot more uncertainty with him. But this is a pretty tough one. Yeah, because with Devontae Parker, they've added actual receivers around him with Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller. Right, um, now your double coverage is on probably Waddle. Yeah, or they, they may not, they just may not be able to double cover anyone, honestly, too. Like, right. they'll probably just keep a safety back. But, like, Devontae Parker still is that like big target for them like Waddle and Fuller aren't huge guys they're both kind of similar archetypes I mean I like what Waddle like I said I don't want to underrate Waddle's receiving ability and his ability to actually go up and attack the ball but Parker profiles quote-unquote more as like you know a boundary or like end zone target and this offense is gonna pass more and be better and this team will be better at least I would be shocked if that's not the case yeah. And like Devonta Smith is really good and like I said in Dynasty, super duper hands down. And I think even in redraft I would take Devonta Smith again for what could be enormous upside. But the pass falling would be low and it'll be inconsistent. And I think he is being overvalued enough that I won't get him much. Right. Um <clears throat> like on underdog, 
Um, again, that is best ball, but I imagine, you know, season long wouldn't change much. He's going like ahead of Judy and Debo and Chark and Boyd. And I'm like, I can't get behind that. I just can't. Like, he's Man, like, yeah. I think I take him over to Monte Parker, but he's being overvalued. Exa- yeah, exactly. I feel like that's why this one was put in, was just like, uh-huh. he, he, everyone would take Devontae Smith first, but it should be more of a question. It should be more of a debate because. We're talking about an improved Dolphins team that now has other wideouts that need to be covered besides Parker. And mm. we know Tua can air it out. Yeah, he he was better than I think some of the numbers show. Like there there are like some numbers that show he was really good and some that like make you question it. And obviously there was like that one like high interception practice or whatever, which is, you know, it doesn't matter. And the offense wasn't doing a favors. Like the Dolphins should take a big step forward this year. And Parker could be a huge beneficiary. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a this is a tough one. I I'm torn on Parker in general too. I have no clue where I'm going to end up with him. Yeah, I think he knows that he has to have a good year, or he's probably getting traded. Um, yeah, because you know money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's Devontae Smith, but not by like a whole lot, not by as much as the draft is would be uh, indicating. Exactly. So. Next up, I've got a couple uh, letter names here, and I've, sort, I've, I've kind of grouped them by uh, kind of ADP ranges. So we've got TJ and DJ, uh, TJ Hawkinson and DJ Moore. Mm. Um, I didn't include DJ Chark here because he's going a lot lower, but uh, we've got DJ Moore going kind of like pick 40-ish. Um, he's, you know, early third, and then TJ Hawkinson is going... You know, enough later, but, you know, early fifth. Um, I would still take DJ Moore here, but I, I guess if we want to talk about this as terms of draft slot, that would be a little more effective. Because they're both, they're both high-cost they're they're both high cost guys. Like, round five and earlier is enough of a cost that I think, like, there is risk associated, and you have to kind of, like, be like, is this guy worth it or not? Yeah, where is uh, DJ Moore being taken? He's kind of going, like... Uh, early mid third range uh i think i said pick what uh pick 40 41 yeah i would take hawkinson it's just too rich for my blood yeah but at, at spot you mean like would uh, would you still take more overall and then overall probably would take more because he's yeah. very good and i love that offense mm-hmm. i just at draft spot like i can get hawkinson there in the fourth and he might be the top three tight end in in fantasy this year yeah, behind, like, behind Kelsey and Kittle. <laughs> yeah, because and then if you have like Waller and whatnot. Like, oof. Yeah, because if you're taking DJ Moore, you're for like so the guy's going just around him. So right before him, we've got like Robert Woods, Hilary Judge, Chris Godwin, um, and then right after DJ Moore, which would be I guess who you can more realistically get instead would be Lockett, Cup, Sanders, Chase, Jamar Chase. Oh man, yeah. And then around Hawkinson right before which again you know sometimes have to make sure you can get the guys before but like mandrews etienne claypool and then right after you've got javante robbie sutton wow yeah the so i mean the panthers do have a lot of mouths to feed offensively Mm -hmm. um there might be some inconsistency with dj Moore, and at that value um i would take hawkinson yeah this is tough one for me because i do love me some dj Moore. oh i know (laughs) He's very good. He's really damn good. Uh-huh. Because, like, 
if any of those guys before him are there, I'm taking them. But yeah. like, if I'm looking at the guys after, it's clearly DJ Moore for me. Well, like, I mean, if I could get Hawkinson and then lock it, I'm stoked. Yeah, it's like basically it's Hawkinson. <laughs> do you want a hawk and lock? <laughs> hawk and lock, baby. Hawk, lock and drop it. So. Yeah, give, give me Hawk. I'm I'm so high on Hawkinson this year. <laughs> I'm, high, I'm high on Hawkinson. Yeah. Uh, and then next up, I guess these guys might be better grouped with DJ. I've got DK and JK. Uh, DK is going pretty early. He is going uh, pick uh, like twenty two. He's going end of the like end of uh, the second, pretty much. Wow. Or wait, have I have I been doing my rounds wrong? Yeah, I, I've been doing my rounds wrong. I've been uh, subtracting one from everything on accident because I fucked up my uh, Excel thing. I didn't add uh, correctly. Should be plus one on all these there we go so everything i've set up until now has been a round off my apologies well you know a lot of dra- <laughs> you know a lot of leagues do keepers and whatnot so it kind of stands yeah so uh dj's been going in the fourth round and talking has been six round that feels like more accurate but um so yeah dk is going uh mid late second jk is going kind of late third and i guess i'll include dj in there at uh mid early fourth like dj or jk is probably the better 1v1 and i guess we can kind of talk about dk at cost too amongst it mm. so i guess we'll start kind of flipping over to uh dj moore or jk dobbins Ooh. oh man that that jk dobbins upside though so bright and shiny <laughs> and just glittering and it's tough because you have to remember lamar jackson takes a lot of carries himself Mm-hmm. And if he didn't as much, then J.K. Dobbins could be a top five running back in fantasy, I think. <laughs> Quite frankly, uh-huh. if he did get it out to him more. But man, like that running offense and J.K. Dobbins' potential is so bright and shiny, and I need it. <laughs> I need I need my J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I like him a lot this year. <laughs> I mean, it's I like hard him a lot not in to, especially with uh, it's it's him and Gus Edwards now. So he just got you know. I'm going to assume about a 20-30% uptick in, in uh, volume. Yeah, like, well, Ingram wasn't really a factor at the end of the year anyway. Yeah, but it's year two for JK and all also the rookies true. last year just didn't have any time to learn. So it's like now uh-huh. he's meshing and, like, coming together. They did improve their O-line. Uh, the, the Ravens did because they always do. And... <laughs> Yeah, JK. Yep, yep. I'm talking myself into it more. The more I try to talk myself out of it, I'm just talking myself into it. Yep, give me give me JK <laughs> Dobbins. Yeah, I, I would go JK over DJ here, I think, too. Um, yeah, it's hard to really group in DK or TJ just because of the the spots, but yeah. Do- Dobbins and Moore are within, like, five picks of each other, so it's definitely close enough to comp. Because mm. I guess with DK, he's going, like, so DK is going right next to Waller and Clyde, and that's like a that's kind of a like positional preference question, which I think is kind of interesting. Like, if you're end of the second there, do you get Waller or I mean Kittle if you prefer, or do you take like DK or AJ Brown, or do you go Clyde? Kind of, wow. di- kind of changing the question up a bit here, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I uh, man, DK is just so good. Um, man. Clyde at the end of the second is so good like he was going early first last year and now he's end of second 
And like all the things I just said about JK and now it being year two and actually getting to learn the system, it applies applied, also applied, to yep. Clyde. But it's with the Chiefs, who I guess, you know, I have kind of like a good offense uh, that is actually kind of devoid of wide receiver outside <laughs> of Reek. So I think that you almost have to take Clyde there. Yeah, he's the third target there, too. So like, because <laughs> like, it's going to be Reek, Kelsey, and it should be Clyde as number three, like. Because I think I don't know, I don't expect a, a ton from me, Cole. And so, yeah, I guess jumping back now for looking at cost, you know, if you're taking DK, you might be forgoing Clyde. Whereas if you're taking, you know, Dobbins or more, I guess in our case, Dobbins, you're forgoing like Mike Evans or Chris Carson, but like obviously Dobbins there, <laughs> I feel like. Wow. So, yeah. Mm. But. So before I move on to our next uh, grouping here, I want to take a moment to say I'm up. Uh, in best ball, it's my pick. I'm in the eighth round here. Um, I've got a couple of decent options, I guess. I could take Ooh. Michael Carter here. Um, okay. I could take <clears throat> Jarvis Landry. Okay. Um, Dallas Goddard's an option. Ooh. Um, or I could go quarterback. My current team, I've got Mahomes. So this, this team's fucking loaded. I've got Mahomes, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, Javante Williams, Tyree Kill, Juju, and Mark Andrews. My team's fucking stacked. Yeah, that's pretty uh, nice. Yeah, it's absurd. So, I do need some more receivers, and I could go Jarvis, like or you know Waddle, Marquise, Pittman. You know, um, running backs kind of devoid. I don't really want Mostert or Robinson. Michael Carter is pretty much the only running back I would take. I don't know if I need to go tight end yet. I'm not really that huge on Goddard uh, this year, honestly. Ertz still hasn't been traded. I'm really curious if he's actually going <clears> to be <throat> traded or not at this point. I don't know how um, he hasn't been yet. Uh, yeah. I've heard I've heard a billion times Earth to the Bills, but um, hasn't happened yet in that offense we talked about just a moment ago. And then, of course, yeah, there's Michael Carter. This is a tough one here. Man, obviously, I would take Michael Carter. I would also look at Pittman, but I think Landry is a great option because you do know that there are games where Landry can just get a ton, and this is best ball where essentially, yeah, it's your best performance is what gets scored for yeah. each player. If if I had like, I just talked about my kind of eh on Mikol. Him stacked with Mahomes would be kind of fun. I'd already have Tyreek, but it'd be fun to have that double stack. Waddle Waddle intrigues me a lot too because it is best ball. Right. There could be some huge Waddle games. I'll I'll let this one. I'll sit on this <clears> one. But of the guys I've said, who who would you lean amongst amongst some of the guys I brought up? Of the guys you brought up, I would probably take. Well, I think wide receiver is the direction to go which is the only reason i wouldn't say michael carter but i mean how many running backs can effectively be started uh three three so yeah with underdog it's it's the format we've kind of been going off of for this which is part of why i was like using their ep it's one quarterback two running back three receiver tight end flex so and a half ppr so like you know, I'm pretty set at running back, so I probably should go receiver here, positionality wise. Yeah. <clears throat> Who's BPA? Um. So by ADP is a little different than my take. Um. It'd be either Carter or Landry, probably. Okay. Probably Landry. I don't know if I have much Landry, which is kind of interesting. I've been going like other directions in this area usually. I haven't like been in the spot yet where I've had this team set up. And I'm not hmm. James Robbins is there, but uh, this can kind of transition to our next name thing here. I'm not big on James Robinson this year, 
and we've also yeah. got James Conner and James White, and they're all they're all running backs. So we've got three running backs named James to kind of uh, compare against each other here. James White is still in New England, right? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so James Robinson's going mid late eighth. Uh, where's James Conner going? I feel like he's going earlier, but I could be wrong. Find all the Jameses. Um, so James Robinson. James Conner is going early 10th. James White's going like 15, 16 turns. So he's going way later. But I think James uh, Robinson and uh, <laughs> James Conner are probably a better uh, competition here. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, the Etienne effect. I guess I would... Because <laughs> like, if you're like, okay, at cost, it's definitely James White for me, hands down. But... I know it's still half PPR, but there's been plenty of half PPR great games from James White. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, James White for essentially free is the is the option at cost. But if we're talking overall of these three, who are you taking? James Connor. Yeah, <clears throat> he's gonna fall in the end zone. Yeah, because like it's so Kyler. that is it's him and Edmonds. The James Robinson ones, Robinson one is interesting because like what if. Like, the way they use NTN is such that, like, James Robinson still gets that, like, early down roll. That's the, like, thing with him where I'm kind of intrigued. But when when you're undrafted and your team takes a running back in the first round, it just really puts you in the shitter. Like, <laughs> I don't have much interest in him. Like, if James Robinson is only valuable if NTN gets hurt, whereas James Conner could just win the backfield. Yeah, no, I mean. vaults him over <clears throat> Robinson for me. Chase Edmonds isn't like a downhill running back either. No, they're they're way different guys. Man, yeah. <laughs> I just all three of them. I'm, I probably will not be drafting. Um, <laughs> I I guess I I would. Uh, it's I think James Robinson has a better O line, but then he also has Etienne and Urban Meyer who wants to do his thing. James Connors, their O line is pretty meh. And then the biggest problem is that you know Kyler's going to take it in. Yeah. A lot. Um, it, James White kind of needs, not needs, but I, I think his benefit or his upside comes in if Mac Jones plays. Right. So then that one, we don't know if Mac Jones will start or when. I mean, we can just say none. <laughs> I mean, I would probably be drafting none, but if you, you said like ninth, 10th there for Robinson and Connor, 8th, 10th. So Connor's going like early 10th. Um, and then James Robinson is going kind of mid late eighth. So I wouldn't take Robinson because I'm not taking him in the eighth. In the eighth, I'm yeah. taking somewhere else. James Conner, though, you it, can take Michael Carter instead of James Robinson. Exactly, which I would do in every situation. Um, but James Conner early started the tenth. Like you could potentially get a starting running back in the tenth. I think that's the one. Yeah, to do. the running backs around him are a lot weaker, pretty much. And then. Obviously, with James White, you're getting free zone, basically. Right. <laughs> so, it's funny that he and Gio are, like, really nearby in ADP. Oh, man. <laughs> Same uh, guys. Yep. I think, overall, James Conner at cost, in my opinion, I guess, James White, in the event that, you know, Mac Jones comes in and makes him valuable. But, overall, pretty gross for the, for the James. No, yeah. no, no Jimmy for me. Um, <laughs> the ne- Next up, I've got, uh, not same name. But similar, and they've got close ADP. I've got Jerry versus Jarvis, uh, Jerry Judy, or Jarvis Landry. Ooh, oh man. Um, and so this is for 2021, is why yes. I mentioned it. 
Otherwise, yeah, for Dynasty, no, no contest. Obviously, right. Um, part part of it is also like it's seeming more and more like they're gonna be stuck with the lock and uh, Teddy combo. <laughs> oh, I know. That makes me want to say Jarvis for twenty twenty one, and I I don't like that I am saying that because I like the answer should be Jerry Judy and it should He's be so obvious. good. He's so good. It's just that their quarterback situation is so. <sighs> yeah, because like, yeah. I don't know who I would prefer for him. Like, I guess Teddy, but I don't know. I don't, yeah, I guess yeah. Like, it's not ideal. Like, he's stuck in shitty quarterback land. I think I would want Teddy, and I think there's a decent chance Teddy starts at some point. The Bron- like as good as that team is, aside from quarterback, like that they're so shambly because of their quarterback situation. Which they is just a terrible fields. position yeah. to be. In. They could have so really sorry. had Fields, huh, man? They, they really they could have. They could have had Justin Fields, and that would that would make Judy the obvious choice. And he'd he'd probably be going like in the fifth round, like middle of the fifth, if they'd gotten Fields. They wouldn't have even had to trade anything to take him. They could have just taken him. He fell to them. <laughs> Man, the longer this goes on with Rodgers and the longer he's not a Bronco, like, the more and more this gets miserable, like, watching what the Broncos did. My God. So I drafted a corner <laughs> when they could have drafted an immediate upgraded quarterback. Dude, even if, even if you were like, Justin Fields is raw and needs to learn, you have Teddy Bridgewater. He's great in that position. Start Teddy for a few weeks and then put Fields in. Like... You had the situation fall into your fucking lap, and you just signed two outstanding free agent corners. Why did you pay half of your salary cap to acquire two great cornerbacks if you're going to take one with the ninth overall pick? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, like, if they don't get a quarterback from someone else, it's, yeah, it's so bad, but... Man, this one's tough for me on Landry or Judy. It's like, and now you stupid Broncos are making me take Jarvis Landry instead of Jerry, <laughs> Jerry Judy. When... Jarvis is eternally underrated. He like, is. Like, we were talking about him, and, like, I was like, man, I'm like, I've been underrating Jarvis, haven't I? Like, <laughs> he's, like, always killing it. Like, last year was a little down um, in production. Um, he missed a little bit of time. Um, I'm trying to think, I know he missed a couple games, and he might have gotten hurt, like, early in some games, too. But, I mean, the year before, his production was solid. The problem is, like, when the Browns are better, he's not getting as many targets. Also, yeah. Just because, like, they're running more. And, so, you know, they their offense really is controlled through the Chubb run game, Chubb and mm-hmm. Hunt in the O-line. And then, you know, Baker is there to complete the offense but not really, you know, push it with the wide receivers. I think I have to take Jarvis, though. I just, I think I, makes me man. sad. This one's tough for me. I want, like, I want to believe in Jerry Judy. I just. <laughs> it's so shitty. Like, was their stuck. general manager actually just a horse, like, in the room, just neighing and hitting the, <laughs> stomping on the keyboard and hitting enter every now and then? Dude, <laughs> it must be, like, <laughs> fucking shit, dude. Yeah, man, I don't know where to go with this one. This one's tough. Huh. I'll come back to this one. Okay. Um, Next up, um, I'd written Hunt in Woods because I thought it was funny. Like, you hunt in the woods. You hunt in the woods. But, but they're far enough in ADP that's kind of tough to really go there. And even at cost, I'd take Robert Woods. Um, yeah. 
but we've got a couple Zachs. You've got Zach Moss and Zach Ertz. Oof. Oh, man. T- yeah. Which I thought was kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Zach Moss is going late ninth. Uh, Zach Ertz is almost undrafted. Yeah, because we don't know so if he's playing this, for the this Eagles is an act, or if This he's is an playing. at cost one slash. Uh, I think his cost will shoot up once we know where he's going to be. This is more of a, not really a versus, but these are two Zachs that I think we need to talk about. <laughs> I man the the Bills run game is just non-existent. It they is. don't even want to run. Jalen does all their running for them, and he's got a cannon of an arm, so they just air it out. And they're like, their run blocking is abysmal. Yeah, like this one's tough because I I wonder if it will really be as bad as it was last year. I I have the same thought, and then I just I like I think to myself, but are they going to try to make it better? That's the thing. They really <laughs> haven't shown any effort to. <laughs> like, are and they like, going to? Tr- attempt to make that part of their game better it's still a split jalen still steals like goal line attempts i guess i would take zach moss i'd be on the you know what it's year two maybe he really had a hard time learning the offense and he wasn't able to run like with confidence so i Mm -hmm. guess i would take zach moss zach Ertz. i just have no effing idea where he's gonna be yeah i think a more or less free zach Ertz is totally worth a grab though Mm mm-hmm because, like, if we just chalk last year up to injury in an incompetent team, if the team is either more competent or he's on a new team that's more competent and he's not hurt, then he could be someone you get almost for free that might be worth, like, you know... he like, He's probably worth taking in the top ten rounds, but he's going almost at the end of the draft. Which is pretty crazy. I mean, he yeah. was very good for a very long time. And he's actually only 30 um yeah like this is mostly like me saying like hey like don't forget about Zach Ertz because he's gonna be catching passes somewhere and shouldn't you know he should be not, not playing hurt this year right so yeah like <laughs> I, yeah, he, I don't, he I, I don't think he, I don't think he's done I don't either I think he's still got a few years left and like if if you take him at the end of a draft more or less and he is done you didn't lose anything so. Right, where Zach Moss might just be really a floor guy a lot yeah. of the year. So the the running back going after him is James Conner. Would you take Zach Moss or James Conner? I'm making you. This is this I'm we're, we're in Saw and you have to you're on the right. clock and you have to take Zach Moss or James Conner. I have Who to take one of them. I think I'm taking Zach Moss cuz I trust the offense's capability more. Yeah, and by the way, like in this in this saw game, your hand still gets chopped off regardless. Damn it! <laughs> um, I don't have to like reach into my eye and get a key, do I? Because that one <laughs> that one's not cool. Oh man, you you you, you, ha- you have to actually try to tackle uh, whoever you pick. Oh okay. Uh, shit. Which sucks regardless. Yeah, you're you're dead no matter what. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're both big. Um, <laughs> I will say Elijah Moore is going shortly after Zach Moss, and I know we would both take Elijah Moore over Zach oh, Moss in yeah. like an instant. Oh, and that's yeah. that's actually the key to get you out of this Saw game. Is to get uh, Elijah Moore. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so next up, we've got the Henrys. We've got Henry Ruggs or Hunter Henry. Ooh. Um, so Henry Ruggs is going kind of middle of the 10th round. 
And Hunter Henry's going, I think, a fair amount later. He's going, uh, like, the 14th. He's going, he's being severely undervalued. And, like, this one's close for me anyway. And the fact that there's such a gap is kind of wild. This one is difficult. Um, putting all things into consideration, my biggest concern with the Rugs pick is that the Raiders got rid of half their O line. Um, <laughs> Rugs can get down there pretty fast, but it's going to be very difficult for Carr to get it to him if he's being tackled one second after the ball snaps. Uh, with Rugs, uh, the hope is that. I mean, so Aguilar is gone. Um, yes. Didn't they bring in John Brown? They did. Yeah, they I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious how his like health's going to be this year. With Ruggs, I mean, there's, yeah, there's the development, second-year receiver. Pretty rough first year. I think they used him poorly. But then the, the staff didn't change enough, so like I have no clue if they'll, if they'll use him any better. Um, Hunter Henry, I think, will be... I would... I think Hunter Henry might lead the Patriots in receiving yards. Won't he be on the field for like 80% of snaps, you think? Is Hunter Henry going to lead the Patriots in receiving yards? <laughs> I think Maybe there's a yards. pretty strong possibility. But fantasy points from receiving, I think Hunter Henry might lead the Patriots. Because with him and Jonu, like, I think we could maybe say toss-up on who's going to be better. And I think we both expect them to do more than any of the receivers. Yeah. And like I said, unless James White ends up being it, like Hunter Henry could lead the team in receiving production, which I have no clue how much that will be. But it's crazy that he's going like that late. It's stupid. <laughs> I mean, so I'm if it wasn't obvious, I'm picking Hunter Henry here. And it's it's both a factor of the Raiders general what the fuck are they doing mentality that I have for them right now. Mm-hmm. As well as when I think about a Bill Belichick offense with two tight ends, I think about who's better at blocking. And I think Hunter Henry's a way better blocker than Jonu. And I think Hunter Henry probably has crisper route running. And I think that he probably just is a very safe second tight end to have on your team that should yeah. do pretty well. Like, I think him in a best ball, as you were mentioning earlier, is a very intriguing idea because I yeah, think there will be weeks. I have a lot of him. <laughs> yeah, there will be weeks he gets. Maybe he only has four catches, but all four of them are touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and and I have him like on most of my teams where I'm not like running a stack. I'm just kind of grabbing him. Yeah, because he's like free and he has enough upside where like like I might take him straight up over Henry Ruggs even and like. This isn't even factoring in cost. Uh, it's <coughs> tough. This is really close for me. Like one, like like head to head, not even factoring in cost. Let me. Um, I am gonna do one thing really quickly. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the Raiders' schedule this year and seeing okay. if they have like a pretty strong like secondary or a weak one that you know rugs can really just exploit. That's a yeah. that's, that's a good thing to. That's a good idea. So, Ravens, Steelers, Dolphins, Chargers. Uh, Those first three are tough. Yeah. Then Bears, Broncos, Eagles, Giants, Chiefs, Bengals, Cowboys, Washington, Chiefs, Browns, Broncos, Colts, Chargers. It starts bad, but it gets a lot easier. It does. Broncos is rough. Um, with I mean, their secondary is nasty. Eagles, uh-huh. though is nice uh bangles mm-hmm. cowboys 
Um, Washington did lose Darby, who was really good. So mm-hmm. I think that that's an exploitable one. But, of course, we're talking Washington's D-line versus the Raiders' O-line now as it stands. Um, yeah, like, with Ruggs, like, there is enough upside. I think if you that... were in best ball, you would take Henry Ruggs. Yeah. There's a yeah. week. There will be weeks he's the guy that just bails out the imploding line pressure mm-hmm. with bombs. Yeah, I th- straight up, I am taking rugs. I think just for that potential for him to like really just pop off. Um, at cost, it's easily Henry. Or, yeah. Sorry, like sorry, they're both Henry. Duh. Hunter Henry. <laughs> Hunter Henry. Yeah, we have to say full names because of, this is the name game. The um, name game. But next up, we've got a couple guys near the top uh, with similar names, DeAndre and Davante. Ooh, this is the good one. This is the one for yeah, all the marbles. Because Devontae has that slight nebulous quarterback situation. Yep. And, like, if we knew Rodgers were there, I think this would be an easy pick. Right, but But do we, we don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, what, like, what amount of risk puts Hopkins over Devontae? Adams, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, Cardinals receiving weapons. We got Kyler in the back there. And then you'd probably get some Chase Edmonds throws. And then... I mean, they, they, there's Kirk and Moore and A.J. Green, but no one established aside from a Hopkins. Right. I think I'd have to... Uh... You have to take Hopkins. I think I I would take Hopkins. I I would. I put my bet on him last year that he'd be a top wide receiver. We both did. Yeah, that was like one of our better calls. Yeah, like why are people down on him because he got traded from Watson? Like we understand that Kyler can do this, right? So, yeah, I think I'm sticking with Hopkins. I think I'm there as well. With Devontae, one of the big things is that he had 18 touchdowns last year. Um he did get almost 1,400 yards, which is also super good. But even if Rodgers is back, 18 touchdowns is a lot to expect. Um, the lot. team scored a lot of touchdowns in general, and that's a 18 is a ton of touchdowns um, in 14 games, too. Not even 16 games. Um, it's tough because Adams with Rodgers is worth a worth like you know right after those stud running backs. It's worth a mid first round pick usually. It really is, yeah. But there is enough risk, and then. That like, I don't even know like maybe like, what okay, what are the odds Rodgers is up there? Like in my opinion, it's like down to like twenty twenty five percent now. Like I think there's a quarter or less chance that Rodgers is not the guy. That's probably about right. And so that's why I'm like, where where is the tipping point? Because like that, you know, at most twenty five percent chance that it's Jordan Love makes me really scared. Yes, but it's it's hard to like say like because Devontae Adams with Jordan Love would be easily 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 blow Hopkins it would push him down a lot because as good as he is like we've seen Hopkins be that guy with shitty quarterbacks but I don't know what I expect from Adams with shitty quarterback play I feel like the Packers their O-line had a few changes but they're mostly the same they have a new center um I expect that we'll see Aaron Rodgers one more year with the Packers but It's not been cleared yet. It really is still somewhat contentious. Mm -hmm. Um, And the longer that goes on, the less confident you can be that it will be him. 
So I'm See, I'm reversed. I think the longer it goes <clears throat> on, the more I expect him to stay. Well, like, the longer I keep seeing, like, Rodgers taking shots at the GM and just, like, or or rightfully not saying, so. you know, at, rightfully so, 100%. <laughs> um, it, it, I do still think it's Rodgers. I do still think Devontae's there. But I think ultimately what you said is how I feel about it, which is Devontae's year last year. Last year, 2020, was fucking amazing. And there's a really strong chance it comes down to earth a bit. Yeah. Uh, like, it's a little regression there on the 18 touchdowns. Yeah, like, where they're so close, I think the tipping point is the slight chance that Rodgers is not there. Because Hopkins only got six touchdowns last year. Like, that's low, and he got 1,400 yards. Like, that should have been way higher. Right. Because, like, he's had, you know... 13 11 he's had double digit touchdown seasons before and so six touchdowns is low for him he should be kind of you know looking to go the other way like he should probably be going up and touchdowns. so yeah as close as it is i think we're both on deandre here i love deandre hopkins yep and then uh <laughs> lastly or at least last on the list dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. um i've got debo samuel and curtis samuel Ooh. This one was fun because I know you love them both. I do love them both. Um, Curtis Samuel with Washington. They're both going mm. close together. They're within like 10 picks of each other, which was, that's what made this great. I'm like, they're both going like in the same range. And Mr. Debo. Man, I love Debo. Debo's going so late, dude. I don't get it. He's falling so far. Like, where, where's he getting taken? Uh, end of the seventh, pretty much. End of the seventh? Yeah, give me deep. Oh, no, sorry, early seventh, my bad. Early seventh, I misread my thing here. Still. Yeah, early seventh. Yeah, if, if he was in like the fourth, fifth range, which I wouldn't expect Curtis Samuel to be there, I'd have been like, that's, I mean, yeah, a Samuel's tough one. Going, Samuel's going early eighth, Debo's going early seventh. Yeah, man, I'm taking Debo. Yeah. Debo. Me too. The fact that he's going there is absurd. Like last year, the team was just awful. He got hurt. Like yeah, the team was. Everyone was hurt. It it wasn't just him. Like their whoever their strength and conditioning yeah. guy was. He only was, he only played like five full games. Right. Uh, and he yeah. got almost four hundred yards in that in those games. I also love what Debo and Ayuk might eventually do with Trey Lance and you know. Yeah. God. Like. I used going ahead of Debo, too. I think that's fair because of you know he was very good last year. Yeah, and but. he hasn't he hasn't had the injury concern. Um, but yeah, that that upside that Debo brings, where there are just some games he takes over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it like give me. I've heard concern about like so like when Trey Lance comes in, he's gonna run and like Garoppolo does not run. That's obviously taking attempts away. But I think he is going to be, like, just good enough <laughs> that, like, I... <sighs> like, the people saying that, though, are just talking out of their ass because Trey Lance, there were times where it was like he should have run in college and he didn't. Yeah, like, he can <laughs> run very effectively, but it's not It's not going to be, like, where, like, Lamar Jackson or even Kyler Murray... Well, I guess Kyler Murray might be a better comp, honestly, like, because he does run a lot, but they run a lot of plays. I don't yeah. expect this team to run nearly as many plays as Arizona, but... I think he'll still pass enough to keep the receiving game up. Like Ayuk and Debo and Kittle, I think will be just fine. Like he, they're, they're not gonna, they're not gonna design the number of runs that Baltimore does. Like I think that's what people are expecting. And like right. as much as he can run and will run at points, like 
he's not going to be rushing like 15, 20 times a game. You know, there will be enough to add production and he'll get some of those touchdowns, but yeah. Debo and Ayuk and Kittle all have this amazing yak potential. Yeah. And, and yeah. That's like the offense he's being put into is like basically what he did in college. It's wonderful. Yeah, they're so. going to try to feature that yak ability. And then Lance, he's going to take off when nothing's open. He's smart and good at football. And better than Jimmy G. So. And better than Jimmy G. <laughs> but I've got uh, two more, actually. So that was 19. Uh, I've got two more that are not on the list that I wanted to just bring up uh, oh, baby. separately. Um, actually, maybe just one because I forget the other. Um, we'll start with one. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, sorry. I'll start with the one that uh, inspired this. And I know what your choice is, but um, I saw a tweet that was, I think, I think dynasty-driven, but it was Rondale Moore or Elijah Moore. And I know we're used to him, but I want to just give you the chance to rave about uh, Elijah Moore. Oh, yeah. Rondale Moore, Rondale Moore versus Elijah Moore. Um, I mean, I definitely like where Rondale Moore is at, and he's got an opening because the slot you know, position there with the Cardinals hasn't been consistent. And if he really shines, he could be an every down starter. And I love it, but man, I got so much hype for Elijah Moore. Uh, (laughs) I've got so much hype. I mean, watching his tape, he was in our top, whatever for wide receivers. I think we had him in the top eight being drafted. Um, The fact the jets got him to me is outstanding. He has insane yak potential as sort of a Cooper Cup type Wes Welker, like short yardage pass, but he can house it. And that's like right in this wheelhouse of what this offense should be doing. Um, especially dynasty purposes. Like, I think both are great, but like, man, my uh, my Elijah Moore love is just absurd right now. Oh, yeah, I'm aware it is. Don't worry. Like, um, if you put like <laughs> if you put Wes Welker on the Niners, how would you feel about him? Like, peak Wes Welker on a, in a Shanahan offense or with the Falcons. And faster. Yeah. Because Elijah Moore is faster than Welker was. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, that'd be absurd. I, I remember reading the things about Elijah Moore pre-draft and just being like, okay, this guy's good. And also, like, A.J. Brown thinks he's amazing, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's got clean, crisp routes. He disguises his routes exceptionally well and does them all the same way from the start, so defenses don't know what he's doing. Um, he's got great hands. He has a second gear speed. Uh, like, he's got all of the traits, and I think he will be a dangerous weapon. Mm-hmm. Now, the Jets I might agree. not still be good because they're the Jets, you know. Don't <laughs> worry. I still have to include that, but like, PPR machine monster potential elijah moore yeah i'm I'm excited for him in any format you know redraft ppr half dynasty whatever it is but i, I just wanted to give you that <laughs> you. We, we got we gotta have like some player ants every so often that we have frequently and I, I just wanted to present that option and then lastly uh i've got the two uh darnolds dan arnold and sam Ar- or sam darnold here hey. uh, <laughs> another one i wanted to include because uh guys uh who are going, you know, essentially free, and uh, I know you you have intrigue in both of them. I do. Um, I've been just kind of waiting for Dan Arnold to really pop off. I think he's in a good spot with the Panthers. That sort of more vertical style air raid offense really lends itself to him. He's like 6'6", and is just super athletic. I don't think he's 
a possession consistency every play kind of guy, but he can really go up and get it um, and goes up and gets the ball, which is another great trait, same that Elijah Moore does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really hopeful that maybe this is the year we see Dan Arnold. They actually paid him a good amount to get him. Uh, and I think that when you pay someone like that, you're, you have that almost sunk cost fallacy where you're like, this guy has to start because we invested a lot in him. Yeah, he's so, going to get a shot for sure. Yeah, I think... Uh, he's someone that'll probably like be on the waivers after your draft. Like You can probably you know, like wait and see week one. You could either add him at the very end of the draft, and like you'll know probably pretty early based on how much he's on the field if he's worth it. And right. then he can be someone you kind of have on like waiver wire, like speed dial, as they say. I think he complements the team in a really nice way as well because all of their guys are pretty... I don't want to say small, but, you know, skinny. Like, Robbie Anderson is tall That's and true, yeah. He's definitely the biggest guy. He's um, the big guy. Um, he's already supplanted Marshall, Ian anyway. Thomas, which we expected. Yeah. But that was, like, immediate. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I got a lot of... A big guy now, too, for them. He hit 6'3". Right. But even he's not, like, bulky. Yeah, Dan Arnold is, is massive. He's yeah. a big dude. They need a big-bodied guy, and he, he fills that role really nicely. And he's basically kind of just a less quick wide receiver um <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> he's one of those tight ends that's essentially a receiver like he's not blocking with the way darnold throws which is i think very high there's a there's a good <laughs> chance that dan arnold is like a nice beneficiary to this offense he's a really sneaky late round possibly undrafted name that yeah. i've got my eye on especially for 2021 now darnold <sighs> if you Want to go get him? I say go get him. I really don't want to steer you towards taking him or not because there's not a whole lot of confidence that he's going to become the guy. But he has all of the excuses that are fair in the book as to why he hasn't succeeded. Mm -hmm. And if you think he can turn it around, he's definitely worth taking. I don't know if he can. I, I want to believe in him and that he will. Um... At some point, you have to understand that, you know, excuses are excuses, but sometimes they're really valid. And being with the Jets during that time when they were really, really fucking bad in every way, there's there's a lot of reason why his numbers haven't been good and why he hasn't been successful. And I, I really believe that he can turn it around. Whether he will is up to him, but I think he can. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful... Uh... For sure. I think this is definitely the best situation he's been in. So, Yeah, I mean, like just to recap, the Jets' inefficiency last year offensively. I mean, Adam Gase, one of the worst play callers ever, right? So they had one of the worst play callers, one of the worst O-lines as he's been there, one of the worst receiving cores, uh, one of the worst run games. All of those, historically speaking, not just one of the worst <laughs> of 2020, one of the worst of the past 50 years. Just <laughs> utter incompetence, no wide receivers, ba- like bad play calling, not a good O-line. So he's had no time to throw, no one to throw to, and no one to help him with the mistakes he has made. It's not really, unless you're... A generational talent at quarterback. I don't know how you would have been successful with the Jets, and to expect someone to be that good is really unfair. Yeah. In the first place. So, you know what? I'm rooting for him. 
And I think if you have a super flex kind of league where you have two quarterbacks, he's worth taking as a second quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he can put up some good numbers. We know that guy can throw it. Yeah, he's definitely someone who is very low cost. Like I mean, he's going like almost end of drafts in here, and I'm like drafting. an auction leagues will be yeah. cheap. And so he's definitely someone who he's gonna be the starter. Like, like that's I think that's something that's underrated is in the sense is like there are almost no scenarios where he's not the starter for the full year. Like even yeah, if it's just this year, like this year he is the guy. Yeah, there's. I would say a not like a potential non-zero one percent chance that they absolutely they actually bench him for one of the other guys. I would say it's a zero percent chance. Yeah, because it's. <clears throat> I think PJ Walker is the only other guy behind him. I could be wrong. Do they still have Will Greer? Or have they moved on from him? I forget. They, I think he's still there. Yeah. So it is. Yeah, Will Greer is still there. And, like, they, they got some P.J. Walker time last year. I think they've seen enough from him that they don't feel the need to, like, pop him in. So, like, if at the, if by the end of the year they're, like, real shitty, they may give Will Greer a couple of those. But, like, this is essentially Dartle. Like, Dartle's essentially going to be the start of the whole year. Or, and yeah. probably will be. So, that's under, I think that's underrated. There's a lot of guys going ahead of him who, like, who won't play all 16 games. Like, Dartle probably will. Yeah. And, uh... So. He could really shine. I mean, he's got mm-hmm. the weapons. The O-line is the best he's ever had. It has a good center, good left guard, I think, and strong tackles, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pull up the depth chart right now. So, yeah, they've got uh, – oh, they got uh, Pat uh, Elfline as well. Um, so they've got uh, Taylor Moten, Moten mm-hmm. Motown, whatever, <clears throat> at a right tackle. Uh, Cameron Irving at left tackle. So, yeah, and Matt Paris at center. They, they, they've made some upgrades. Um at the on, like on the line for sure that they definitely needed to, and uh, I think Tommy Tremble, um, he's definitely able to block. So actually, they have like a blocking tight end now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, it's going to uh, be dangerous. I he really could have a good year. Um, yeah, I'm the, more on the like on the side that he will have a decent season. Yeah, like even if the Panthers aren't great, like he should have fantasy value, and that's what we're here for at the moment. I mean, the guy makes plays sometimes that just are incredible. And he's yep. made some that are really, you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? But he's also made some that are like, whoa, what the fuck are you doing? That's awesome. Yeah. You know, like. We, we got we to harness that ladder, that good WTF, you know, not yeah. the bad WTF. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, there are uh, a lot of similar names in the NFL. I'm glad we got to do this. I, I said that, that one tweet inspired this. Um, I wish I remembered who it was and I could give credit, but. If you know who yeah. you are, thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> thank you, not you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was our uh, name game episode. I think our next idea, because training camp starts kind of soon, but I think we'll have one more episode between now and training camp. But I think the O-line preview, kind of O-line preview is our uh, next on the agenda. Ooh, that'll be fun. That O-line consistency. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'll be part of it, like, how we rate them, and then also the consistency is going to go into it, uh, because when you mesh together an O-line, even if they're good pieces, uh, you if you've got all these new guys, like the Chiefs... Um, right, they it have might to play well together. First. Yeah, and like while it may come together, you know, by week you know, seven or eight, there's going to be some, you know, some growing pains. So, some growing pains. Yeah, <laughs> thank you uh, though for listening to our uh, name game. Again, we've got a website now, we are on Twitter at Mozzie and Muscle, and we were also at um, 
on TikTok at mozzieandmuscle. So our, uh, yeah, it's mozzieandmuscle.wixsite.com slash 100 years mozzieandmuscle. But I'll just, I'll just put the website link in the, in the bio and tweet it out. It'll be in our Twitter bio and stuff. It'll be easy to find. A lot to type out. You I'll, get to see we'll, all of our previous podcasts, hear some of our takes. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a blog up. Um, so that way we can write about a couple things and also uh, like amend some of our takes because, you know, if we podcast on Tuesday, some stuff might change by Saturday, but expect us to have a domain kind of soon, so it'll just be mozzie and the muscle.com to make things a little easier. But uh, until then, we will miss you dearly. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back soon with the O-Line episode. <laughs>